Hello and welcome to another episode of Fish and Scripts. We are back with you once again, and my goodness, it feels like too long since we've been in your lovely ear holes. So, uh, so this morning, Jack and I are going to waffle on about all kinds of things that are on our minds. We're going to be talking about uh, arriving. This, this is all very much a reflection of our real lives, I think, Jack, because we're we we spend some time talking about arriving in new roles and getting onboarded. We talk about. Uh, talks that we're preparing nervously for the future um what what else do we talk about what what else are we covering in here drowning in github notifications that's the thing we're really crying for help it is it is very much a cry for help so there's there's that and more besides so uh so stick with us uh listen in and all being well we'll speak to you again in a few minutes at the other end of the podcast Well, I tell you what, though, it's nice to see your smiling face again, Jack. It seems like it's been ages since we've chatted. It has. It has been a long time. I think we've uh, real life is doing that thing where it gets in the way of our two week recording schedule. Uh, yeah, don't n- never say two weeks out loud because then mm. people will hear it and and expect it. Uh, uh, I, I like the idea of uh, of being elusive and just surprising people with, oh, it's about a fortnight. But, uh, but now you've now you've said it out loud. <laughs> now we're committed, so we're. We're ruined. Um, People should know by now to be disappointed by this podcast. Oh, that's not fair. (laughs) It is, isn't it? Yeah, it's totally fair. I think if people arrive with low expectations, then they won't be too horribly disappointed. Exactly. Um, And I think we're doing a good job of managing those expectations down. Uh, Especially if this makes the edit, all of this this waffle. (laughs) Um, But things have changed since we last spoke. Because, I mean, I think last time we spoke, you were... were, um, broken the news that you'd you're starting a whole new career well a new job a new job across town in yeah. uh, the swanky i imagine swanky offices of uh, of of operation google with i don't know the the, the i think it's the cafeteria isn't it that uh, that drew you there oh I, that was I it imagine. yeah the food is good the food is good i can't can't complain although i have heard that there's a thing that basically most people who join google put on a fair amount of weight in the first six months due to the availability of of such food and and snacks and whatnot so that's suddenly they can see food so they eat all of the food yes there's something to keep an eye on for sure but the food is good (laughs) excellent Uh, well we'll have we'll we'll start having regular weigh-ins yes yes please that would be good no danger down that road at all no no that's a very healthy thing yes all very good uh (laughs) but you are you settling in though aside from your impressive weight gain are you you settling (laughs) I, I am yes, thank you. It's uh, I've never worked in a in a company beyond say a hundred odd people, so it's certainly a slightly mm. different different uh, kettle of fish. But it's a good kettle mm. with good fish so far. So uh, yeah, just just trying to get up to speed and kind of get stuck in and and navigate around the code base, which we'll, we'll talk about in a bit. But yeah, everyone's been very friendly. I've been doing lots of nice onboarding things. I got one of those hats from the. Have you seen the film The Internship? The Interns. I no, I haven't. I haven't seen it because I, I I've seen the poster for it, and the poster made me angry. Um, <laughs> and that's and that's just, that's not as someone who's uh, you know I don't I don't work at Google. I've got no insight. But um, the poster just made it made me grind my teeth because I thought it looks like a terrible summary of uh, like an outsider's view. Um, 
but maybe I'm wrong. Maybe that's exactly right. It sounds like they got at least got the hat right. Well, the hat is is a, a Google tradition. Yeah, it's a very mm. uh, very cool hat. I will we'll put is a link cool? in the show is it notes. Cool? It's super cool. It's yeah. is it, it's the little kind of round peakless cap with the propeller on top that makes you look like um what's what's the phrase uh is that, sorry that's that's <laughs> well, you'll be i lent into the fact that i know that we can bleep things there because yep. it seemed appropriate uh yes it does have a cap like a, it's a basically <laughs> you're choosing your words carefully I, um, I notice. but yeah i mean i'm not yeah it's not the coolest hat ever, but it is only given to people who join Google, so there, there is that. But yes, it is in a that drawer cool in under my desk, and whether Ooh. it will come out of that drawer again remains to be seen. I did I did have it at home. Um, so the first day when I got it, I came back home before my partner got home, and I, I just put it on the... I hung it off a mirror Excellent. at home, just so she'd see it. Yeah. Uh, and then a couple of days later, it was like, um, Jack, will you be taking that hat to work? <laughs> or is it is it staying? I thought no, no. It's just going to hang there now. It's just a it's a feature of our living room. So no, it's now. I'm it proud of my new new role, and yeah. I will be advertising the fact that I got my new role daily. Yes, yes, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but no, it, it is good. Thank you, and everyone is very lovely. So they give they give you a hat. They give you a various kind of onboarding and induction things. So do they do they give you like a laminated piece of paper that has the kind of the the search. Uh, ranking algorithm on it is that what they hand you when you arrive yep got that now so fish and scripts will be first if you just google the word podcast will be top now it's guaranteed yeah oh excellent okay yeah. that's that's good that's, that's definitely uh, how it works so yeah oh, yeah, i haven't expected such instant results that's yeah uh, that's handy we're gonna get a lot of more a lot more listeners now Nice boost now i've i've hacked the search algorithm of course the, the problem is we're probably behind all the like thousands of other podcasts that various Googlers do, there's 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 littered with them. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of them. So yeah, we're we're out there. But but the good news is I can get the inside track on on HTTP two hundred three now. I can just sort of eavesdrop in on their plans and oh that's and good. Beat them to the recording of the same topics. Nice. So yeah, well we can... just completely mirror them. Just uh, <laughs> with the opposite of sh- like foreshadow them. Yes, uh, and we're basically taking them down candy. from the inside. That's inside good. job yeah it was, it was a long game uh, thank you for your sacrifice by the way of uh, um, applying interviewing successfully arriving wearing the hat choosing a desk in earshot of uh, of Jake and Surma and then uh, uh, surreptitiously <laughs> listening in to all of their plans yeah uh, let's hope we don't spill the beans and let them know that's what's happening because uh, otherwise they'll they'll give us some misdirection yeah we'll, we'll keep uh, it to ourselves so, so how how has it been going? I mean, is, is this something that we should jump into with a catch up, or are we going to come back to this later in our in another section? I've, let's, I've lost track. Of let's how leave we it TBC. Podcast. I mean, who knows what we're doing? Let's let's Ooh, we're going to talk about about getting getting into code bases and navigate them in a bit. But but I've you've okay. heard about me. What have you been up to since we last we last spoke? Uh, I mean, I'm it's just business as usual for me. Um, but the, I'm I'm doing something uh, this year that I I always uh, am nervous about. I'm I'm writing a couple of new talks. Um, I, I think you probably have learned from me now that I'll I'll write a talk and then I'll squeeze every last drop of blood out of it over the course of a year because I'm not one of these people who'll write a talk and then give it at a, a conference and then go, done. That's that's finished. I think it, it they a talk ages like a fine wine. I think. Um, I hope uh, some of them do turn to vinegar, but uh, but I just don't think 
the world has heard enough of the talk after its first uh, offering. Um, even if conferences video their talks and you can share them, people, you know, not everyone gets to see it. So uh, I'll give a talk for a while. Uh, but I'm preparing not one but two new talks uh, over the coming months, which is just, oh, it's just, my, I think my palm, yeah, my palms are going clammy just thinking about giving a talk for the first time. Every new talk is a nerve-wracking one. Um, but uh, we've talked a little bit on this podcast about uh, enthusiasm for Tailwind CSS, or curiosity first, and then for me at least it became enthusiasm. And I'm, I've pitched a, a talk at a couple of conferences uh, about Tailwind CSS, or rather about utility-first CSS. So it's not just Tailwind, other, other libraries are available. Um, but, uh, but I've been predominantly using Tailwind, and so I've been I'm pitching a talk about that, which I'm it's got taken up by a couple of conferences, and I'm kind of excited about it because you know I I find that with a decent about a decent amount of background on a subject, uh, and then deciding to do a talk on it, that forces me to really go deep and have to really you know know my stuff if I'm going to try and uh, uh, convey you know information about something. But the thing that's in particular making me a tiny bit anxious for this talk is that I've decided that I will, I'm so confident in uh, this approach that I'm going to live code the creation of uh, a, of the conference website for, for both conferences that I'm, I'm currently down to do this for. Um, and spoiler alert, they have different websites. Uh, so I'm gonna have to do this a couple of different times. Um, but I'm kind of that. It's been fun just kind of tinkering and getting to the point that I feel like I could do that. Um, you know, one of the talks is half an hour. Uh, another instance of the same talk is uh, fifty minutes. But uh, I don't. I rarely speak for fifty minutes. I'll probably cut that a little bit short because you can see people's minds are wandering after about forty. Um, but uh, but yeah, the process of uh, uh, just grabbing the the um, the HTML of uh, the, uh, a live website uh, with all its different assets and then just stripping out the CSS and then saying, right, now I'm going to add uh, Tailwind CSS and re-implement it in front of you. That seems like suicide, but actually it's been kind of fun doing it and it's it's reinforced to me one of the, you know, some of the things I really like about Tailwind, that I don't have to reinvent things, I don't have to learn these, these um, conventions. They're already they're getting more and more ingrained the more I use it. So it, it is a testament to the fact you can go kind of fast, but it's a bit of a higher wire act doing it in front of people. Yes. How, how are your live coding um, chops? Do you do you avoid that in your uh, in your talks? Uh, I haven't done it for a while, but I do quite like it. I, I would oh. quite happily do it. I always quite enjoy a, a live coding talk. I think I've always had quite good feedback on them. Uh, I think one I did at a meetup in mm -hmm. London a few years ago has got about bazillion views on youtube it's how ready out there oh, that's now. good but um mm. yeah it's, mm. it's a lot so um yeah yeah no <laughs> I, I i like it i enjoy it but it is it is fraught with with danger uh i would if i were you i would be going down the route of recording a video of me doing it as a backup plan i will be i will be doing that i tend to do that if i'm if i'm going to do any talk I'll I'll practice it a lot of times and at least at some point I will video it as well sometimes to give other people feedback some or to for other people to give me feedback or to just review it myself but if you're doing any demos then the nice nice side effect of that is you do record your demos through that process so you can yeah you know, it's two for one it's just there's so many things that just could go wrong with the with the live coding or or you just oh great yeah you <laughs> Yeah, you know, or you just typo something and you just can't figure it out for ages. And like, you know what, because there's nothing worse than 
than standing on stage like debugging your your laptop or your yeah. your build. Oh, it's excruciating. Um, yeah. And it's like that's why I've I've swerved it for so long. I think it's good. I think I am confident you will do you will do it well. I think you can you can pull it off. Um, and I think well, there's, the little giggle in the middle of that sentence <laughs> really fills me with <laughs> it's overflowing with. Oh, I just realised I was complimenting I think you. Could do you. a good job. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I as a I think everyone's different, but as an audience member, I like it if a speaker does a bit of live coding. It feels it feels like a nice sort of part of the talk, um, and mm. and people often will get involved, like shouting out sort of if if they spot a typo, like get them to shout it out. It, if kind of quite a nice way to bring the audience and the speaker a bit closer yeah i think as long as it doesn't last for too long i yes. think there's i mean I, i've seen i've seen some people do an entire talk this way and very seldom does that work well i mean one or two people can really do it and it's just and that blows my mind but um i just find it exhausting as an audience member as well if it's if it goes on for too long um so i'm hoping it will be Involved enough to be interesting, but brief enough to to not have people kind of, you know, getting a, getting a bit tired. Um, one of the things that has given me the confidence to do it is that I'm not going to have to really write anything from scratch. I'll, I'll have very little CSS to write. I'll, I'll just be using classes that exist already. The HTML is going to be something I'm just going to pull off the wire and then just kind of strip some things out. Um, and then I'm going to be leaning very heavily on my good friend IntelliSense. Um, yes, you know the uh, the VS the, Code the, plugin. The, the VS Code extension for for um, for Tailwind is great because you start typing, and if you're one character in, it's going to start to give you some hints, and uh, so that that I, I'll lean on that quite heavily, and it, that's been a really good reinforcer for um, learning the conventions as well. So I hope I've got enough guardrails in place for me not to. Oh, I don't want to say it out loud because I'm just tempting fate. But uh, I'm sure it'll be a a, a triumph. <laughs> I'm sure you'll do a good job. When, okay, when is the you. first yes. version of this? If you're allowed to say it yet, or is it not? Uh, so not the first one is uh, first one is mid mid April. So uh, so we're middle of February at the time of recording this. Mm-hmm. So uh, hopefully this will get out before then. Otherwise, we're really we've yeah. really dropped the ball. Yeah. we've dropped it before. Yes. Um, Editor's note from Jack. We really did drop the ball. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So I've got, I've got, I've got a little bit of time, but it will, um, it'll come round quickly. I've got a different talk to do before then as well, but uh, I'll not go into that right now. But you, you're doing more. You doing more similar things this year? Are you preparing um, other stuff? Or talking. I'm, uh, there's one event I'm going to talk at in in April where I think I'm going to do a slightly new talk about. Uh, I wrote a blog post recently called "The Three Developers," and this is. Uh, I found myself thinking in my head about three developers that I, I spoke about this at Frontiers a bit, the past me, present me and future me and yeah. sort of um, learning from kind of past decisions and, and kind of bringing in like software migrations and software architecture and, and design into sort of how I think about building new things. And so I think I haven't quite pieced all the bits together in my head yet, but there's a sort of software migration, learning from mistakes, uh, not beating yourself up for making those mistakes type type talk going on. I haven't quite mm-hmm. slotted all the bits together in my head. Um, that's for a meetup in in April. Uh, and then after that, mm-hmm. I'm TBC on if I'll do any more more talks for, for the rest of this year. I think I'm going to let myself settle into the new role and not mm-hmm. give myself too much extra stuff to focus on at the moment. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm cool. not done with, with speaking, but I might take a little break for, 
for a year or so. Yeah, that's 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 reasonable because I know you're, as you say, you're you're settling into your new uh, your new gig, um, mm-hmm. and it isn't just about uh, listening in to to hear about other people's podcast plans. I know that you are working on real real things. Uh, yes. The uh, the the developer tooling for Chrome doesn't just happen by accident. I guess that's uh, there's there's actual effort that goes into that. And and so you so I think if you know whistling on to our catch of the day. Um, these titles are getting more and more arbitrary, aren't they? Yes, yeah. Go, go on. This. Let's be honest with ourselves and with everyone else. The framework that we put together <laughs> this podcast is just a, a series of uh, loosely related fish shop uh, expressions. But yes, we. So we. So I'm. I'm sorry. Uh, insert sting for catch of the day. Ta-da! Uh, and in, smoothly transition to this arbitrary section of the, of the podcast. But you did. You have mentioned uh, that you. You know. You're. You're settling into a new role. And there's lots to absorb there. You teased it at the very beginning today as well. That we we might talk about that because you you've suddenly got to learn all of the code in the world and just kind of catch up with uh, what everyone else has been been working on for this for this time. So how how is that going? What's the, what's that been like immersing yourself in that world? Yeah, I thought it'd be an interesting chat and and hear sort of your your take on how you tackled this this problem as as well. So yeah, the. So I work on on the DevTools, which is part of Chromium. Um, it's a huge, very old, well, old in software terms, like 10, 10 plus years code base. Mm. Uh, and just there's a lot to, to learn there in terms of how it's structured, how it's architected, previous decisions that have been made. Uh, slightly extra challenge that it's 10 years old. The front end was built pre there being any sort of React or virtual DOM stuff or really any frameworks there were no es modules for example um this was pre es 2015 so there's just there's a lot of history in the code base there's just a lot of lines of code to pick up as well mm-hmm. uh, and so it's it's just kind of been interesting seeing how and where i sort of struggled to to pick that up and sort of how i've sort of taken on kind of trying to piece together sort of what what happens when you when you run the dev tools and how sort of a certain part of yeah. the dev tools gets rendered and and all that stuff has been a challenge. It's fun. Um, I should also, as an aside, I'll, we'll put a link in the show notes, but the, the DevTools are open source. So if anyone is particularly curious, they can go and dig around them. And there's no sort of secrets there. It is, it's a completely public repository. I was going to ask that, actually, because I know that, you know, certain parts of Google are understandably a little bit more secretive. But, you know, I know you're working on, on Chromium and on and on the DevTools. Um, I wasn't sure if the DevTools would all be open source or not. So that's that's interesting to hear that. And and one of the reasons that that kind of popped into my head is um, I don't know how many people uh, work on DevTools at Chrome, but I imagine that the kind of throughput of, of staff there isn't, isn't quite as... Uh, um, as fluid as as maybe like an agency or other places where you you have to focus a lot on onboarding and those kind of things. So I I wondered if there is a lot of work that's been been put in place to to onboard new team members because that's a whole piece of work in itself to do that. And I suppose that's more likely to have happened if if it is an open source project and you're trying to elicit contributions from a wider community. Um, but I don't know if it's open source for those reasons or just because well let's just be transparent and anyone can see it. I mean. Does it? Does it? Do you know if it gets a lot of contributions from the community, or is it? Is it more about transparency at this stage? It might be that you don't know this yet. Uh, I think we do get some contributions, but it's also hmm. not just Google who who work on it. There are people 
of companies of who, who contribute. So there are a fair amount of contributors from across a few different places. Google does have a yeah. sort of a, quite a bunch of, of them, but there's others too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. One of the nice things about that is that there are really good docs actually for here's how you run DevTools. Uh, and none of that is specific to you working at Google because it is entirely open source and anyone can do it. Right. So that, that has helped the onboarding process. Um, I think I think understandably it's still a hard code base to, to get into and, and understand. So yeah. I, I don't think there are many people thinking, oh, I'll just do a quick pull request to Chromium um on my on my weekends just to, to do that but i know some people have and yeah. um yeah I, I would like to at some point potentially write a blog post like here's how you or maybe record a video of like here's me making a change to the dev tools because there's there's plenty of low-hanging fruit for people who would like to to have a go at making a, a contribution just honestly like even just updating some docs or adding a test for something yeah. or that there's so many contributions yeah. that would be really really worthwhile so hopefully you'll do yeah. that at some point uh but but yeah, like what, what say, say Phil, you, you join a company or, you know, when you join Netlify and you decide to dig around some of the, the code, like how do you, what's your approach there? Do you, because I found myself loading up the dev tools and saying, right, right, this, the elements tree or whatever, I'm going to go and find the code for that and try and understand it. And in my understanding of that, I will put in 29 million console.logs at different points to sort of figure <laughs> out the, the calls and, yeah. and, and how it works. And I found that fairly productive, but it also feels like that I could be doing this in a better way. I just haven't quite found it yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know if I've got any particular tips about avoiding, avoiding that per se. <laughs> but I, I, I certainly find that um, it massively helps if uh, there are just just good instructions on how to get the build running. I mean, that seems like such an obvious thing to say, but um, being able to check out a project and and get the build running quickly is or, or unassisted is huge. I think for onboarding. Um, and I, I don't know how that how that works for running a local build of of the Chrome browser uh, with the, with the dev tools and, and all of the stuff that comes along with it. But uh, I, certainly the world that I live in is far far simpler in terms of the kind of projects that I've I'll ever get my sticky little fingers into. Um, I they don't let me touch any of the 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 kind of you know internal <laughs> kind of you know the really valuable stuff at Netlify that, that's uh, that's actually doing all the deploys and all of the infrastructure stuff uh, anything that i touch is going to be very much on the front end um and and not doesn't go too deep um but still being able to uh, clone a project understand from the readme how to get the build running so that you can then at least start to see the results of the any changes you might make um, again, it sounds sounds like such an obvious thing to say, but that's is off, often overlooked um, because there's particularly as projects run for a long time, um, people end up just you know there's this kind of shared like knowledge of how to get things working, and it doesn't always assume that someone's coming in cold. You just assume uh, a lot of the you know the the organisational knowledge and the background, and you know you just assume that people have have the, the kind of scaffolding to, to get started, the foundations rather to get started. Uh, but having having a really explicit readme that starts from first principles so someone can check this check out our projects and, and get started uh, in their own environment is is huge, I think. And it's uh, it's a bit of an art to do that. Um, uh, I, I, th- I feel like we're wandering into some territory that we might have touched on a little bit before, but um, one of the projects that we've been working on at Netlify is like this, a plugin ecosystem um, and uh, the team that I'm involved in, the developer experience team, has been kind of testing a lot of the things that have been built um, because we want to encourage plugin contributions from a wider community. Uh, and so 
understanding how that whole structure works and being the kind of first dog fooders of it has been really interesting because the the team that have been implementing it um, they have to go quite deep into the you know the integrations to make this happen and as a result they've they've got a lot of assumed knowledge along the way and it's interesting to see how uh, the instructions evolve through the through the eyes of you know the people implementing it versus the the, the first people to come along and consume it mm. and uh, you you hit so many roadblocks that that are just a, as a result of the knowledge you have from building the the code base yeah. um, you, when you when you're trying to convey to someone who won't have any of that knowledge um, it really takes a particular kind of skill I think to step back and and have a completely fresh perspective which is why documentation teams are, are so skilled um, because it's not just about writing the instructions it's really putting yourself in that perspective of someone who might be coming at it completely cold uh, and I think there's there's just a huge amount of skill in that I agree yeah one thing about sort of joining a new team or a new company or a new code base is that it's a really good opportunity one of the first contributions is often uh, adding something to the documentation I think the the best way to test this onboarding docs is is for someone to, to go through it completely fresh um, we had it at, at my old company I was there nearly you know two and a half three years and every time someone joined mm-hmm. they would make three or four just very small tweaks to the onboarding docs because something had changed yeah. or we'd have missed something or the person who wrote you know I might have written it and completely forgotten about this one step that everyone knows yeah. what to do but obviously you don't yeah. so that's um, I think always a really good way to sort of give back to whatever team or code base you're you're working on is just to fix the docs slightly because they get out of date and it's no one's fault uh it's just yeah. it is inevitable so yeah they definitely evolve i mean projects evolve don't they and uh and like documentation can be one of the the, the first things to go get a bit dusty um so i think like, contributing to that is a really good one as part of an onboarding um i, I would say though that um more docs doesn't always mean better docs mm. uh i mean a, a, a good uh contribution to documentation can be deleting things um, which sound, again sounds kind of counterintuitive, but um, I think there's a there's a, a a temptation to just like I want to just write as mu- capture as much information and convey as much as I can, um, but that that you know can also become I don't know a bit overwhelming and you can end up drowning in these things. Like yeah. exposing the right information at the right times is again a big kind of part of that craft. Um, yeah, and you know being able to kind of cut to the chase quickly as you're as you're you know dipping into the to some code for the first time um is is again a real there's a real art to to writing docs in that way i think um and it's it's uh, one of those things that's that's hard to identify how to do it but you you know it when you see it because you know when you're a consumer of it you're like oh this works brilliantly yeah. um but being able to replicate it is is a bit of a bit of a dark art I think. Yeah, for me, I always know that when I, I'm using a new tool or a new something and I, I go to back to my browser and there's six tabs with different pages of the documentation <laughs> because you've gone to yes. one part and it's like, click here to learn more about X. You click there, it's like, oh, and if you need to know about Y, you need to click here and suddenly you're like, Ugh. Uh, yeah, I agree. There's a real skill in... I think I think you do sometimes need docs that just go really deep on every nook and cranny of, of the, the tool, but it's where do you put those and do you put those front and center yeah. to a beginner? Yeah. No. Do you put them yeah. link to those who really just want to dive in? Because also I'm I'm the same person if there's a new thing on GitHub I want to try, I like the readme saying, This is how you install it, here's some code you can copy that will run it for you locally. 
and then I like to modify yeah. it from there. That's how I work. I know other people who like to dive straight into the full nitty gritty API docs and read through everything and, and piece it together mm -hmm. that way. So I think you want to be able to support all those different approaches, but yeah, you know, some readmes on GitHub just present everything straight up and it, mm -hmm. it can be slightly intimidating. Yeah. I'll tell you what, um, one, just kind of thinking back about you know, how to be able to make a contribution quickly or to be productive quickly. Um, I feel so much more comfortable now that I'm working in a world of Git and branches and pull requests than going back, you know, not all that many years really to to where I was working on projects where there wasn't good discipline for that. Um, yes, we might be using Git, but sometimes like version control can be used as where you back up your code rather than where you actually manage versions and like manage contributions. I think I think probably across the industry we're we're better at that now. I think we understand it better. Um, but I definitely recall working in environments where. Yeah, the 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 subversion repository uh, <laughs> at least uh, was that's just where your code gets backed up. It wasn't really used for managing the flow of things. Now I feel much more confident in saying, okay, well I can I can work with this new code base. I'll work in a in a feature branch and I'll make a pull request. I'm not hurting anyone mm -hmm. by doing this. You know, it it kind of um, breaks down the barriers to to being able to make that first. Um, nerve jangling contribution because people can review it they can see exactly what the changes are you're not going to impact anyone else you know, just automatically you know that's it can be kind of carefully managed um, and I think that that is a huge enabler um, so uh, having good um, git workflows and processes in an organization I think is another another way to to break down the barrier to the to the first contribution and the first the first involvement of new team members yeah, I agree. It's it's nice to know that you're not going to step on anyone's toes by by sort yeah. of doing that and and exploring. I also think yeah. that a good sort of colleague is if you're a colleague of someone who is new, like putting um, maybe slightly more attention on their first pull request or their first sort of request yeah. for a code review. I think is a really yeah. good opportunity to educate them on some of the history of the code base. Here, oh, this line of code, um, we would actually typically write it this way because of this reason right. and here's a link to yeah. an email where we discussed why we do that or um yeah. you know oh actually this bit of code is old now you should use this bit instead and yeah we know it's a bit messy yeah. and we're figuring it out soon so i think i think that's another reason way that sort of git and github in particular with the pull requests has really made it really nice can go wrong i've seen people's first pull requests sort of you read some open source repositories and this person who's trying to help makes a small pr and they just get really harshly sort of shut down which is always a shame huh. uh, i should be clear i've only seen that on sort of some open source projects not not at work um yeah but i think that's a really good i've always liked getting good code reviews particularly as a new new person when you're trying to understand how this all slots together uh, so i had i had another topic to to throw into this 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 section arbitrarily um but this this isn't this isn't something that i'm bringing any insight at all this is more of a cry for help uh because uh, because and, and it was triggered i think really by just you mentioning you know you're navigating a large code base now um and you know i'm in an environment where yeah we do have some large code bases but actually we have lots of projects you know we have lots of discrete projects uh some open source some internal and uh and proprietary um, but I'm involved in a lot of github repos now lots and lots and lots of them uh, and I 
I am failing wholesale at managing GitHub notifications and being aware of when activity is happening across all the different things I touch. So, so I've got I've got nothing. Uh, I, I'm just. Have, have you encountered this, Jack? Is this something that you've dealt with before, or mm. anywhere that you've got for tips, or is this is this somewhere we're just going to throw open to the to the to people listening and say, how do you stay on top of this and keep aware of all the changes across all the things you work on? So, I have dealt with it by basically just accepting it and and, uh, and, <laughs> and just and just missing notifications that I probably shouldn't miss so uh, sorry that yeah I probably shouldn't miss so that is not good yeah. I've been thinking about so um, recently uh, setting up a sort of my work uh, email you get unsurprisingly a lot of email addresses a lot of the Chromium mm-hmm. stuff a lot is done on mailing lists there's a few different mailing lists that you yeah. want to be a part of and, and so on and so I've been setting up quite rigid filters in in Gmail to say, okay, if it's from this list, label it with this. Uh, and so yeah. I was actually thinking about going into GitHub and configuring it so it emails me when there are notifications. And I'm hoping that I can throw together some filters to sort of pull notifications for the projects I care about, not necessarily mm. into my inbox, but like into somewhere else to spot them. And then notifications for less important things, but stuff I might want to check mm. if I'm bored at the weekend somewhere else uh, i haven't quite figured it out but i think i found that sort of email and filtering is a better way for me to to yeah. deal with that than a sort of github ui or or so on um yeah so i i want to shift and try that for a bit but i would love if if anyone listening has feels like they've got good solutions for this i would love to hear them because uh, yeah yeah i've never figured it. it i think i think we're not alone in this challenge and mm. and certainly i've, I've kind of the the this challenge for me has, has certainly shifted across into email management, which mm. is, of course, is everyone's favourite topic. Um, but uh, but it definitely that definitely happens. I know there are um, products that exist that were that were designed for like trying to make GitHub notifications and staying on top of things uh, mm. more manageable. But I haven't dabbled. Maybe I'll explore those. The the, the only thing I've really found as a technique was um, uh, unsubscribing yeah. things. Well, yeah, uh, I mean. I, because I, I think um, when you're part of an organization, you often get automatically mm. added to a lot of, you know, you're in a team, so you you inherit all of these repositories as things that you're watching. Uh, and then just going through and unsubscribing from particular repositories so that the noise just reduces. That's the only thing I can do. But that just, I don't know, it just doesn't feel like it's enough. Uh, but I'm, I am nervous about missing important things, particularly when some of my repositories or the repositories that I'm involved in uh, you know, contributed to by a community. If, I don't want to miss it when people are submitting pull requests, you know, and they're part of the community and they're very, very generously contributing, you know, their time and effort. I want to make sure I see that. So I'm, I live in this constant mm. kind of nervousness that I'm gonna, I'm gonna just ghost somebody by accident, and I've definitely done that in the past, and it's, uh, it's, it's somewhere I'm. I need to I need to put some effort in and fix that. Yeah, I have done that many times. I've just gone to one of my old open source things and there's been like four pull requests from people that are a year old. Um, and yeah, I need to get better at that too. I also need to get much better at, um, there's a couple of my GitHub repos that I don't, I don't work on, I don't use them. Uh, and I'm trying to sort of actively let someone else take that repository if I'm sort of done mm. with it. Uh, and just you, you mm-hmm. go for it. So I'm trying to sort of hand off projects to other people when when possible like i used to maintain a quite popular gulp plugin 
which had quite a few installs of npm i don't use gulp anymore i have no intention of of using it um but lots of people still do and that's fine so i've now managed to hand that off to other people who have permission to commit code and push it to npm and and all the rest of it so i need to get better at doing that um but yeah if if someone is listening and i'm ignoring you on github please tweet me because it's (laughs) it's not because i don't like you or or your code it's just i'm really bad at dealing with this and yeah This is, uh, this is if, if nothing else, this has made me feel a tiny bit better that I'm not the only person it's, on the planet who's... Uh, yeah, it's definitely not just you. This. I don't think GitHub's UI makes it as useful as it could when... Or GitHub's UI could do a better job when you have so many notifications. I think it just kind of blacks mm. them all on the page and it'd be nice if there were maybe a few more tools for managing them. Yeah, okay. This is, this is something we can we can maybe revisit after we get some, get some feedback, perhaps. Um, definitely. Should we? I tell you what. There's another section of the podcast galloping towards us. Galloping, uh, swimming uh, towards galloping, us. Uh, swimming towards. Oh, Come on, damn Stick it, Philip. It. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll do Fill it all. You're but, in trouble um, now, Philip. At least you're not using my middle name as well. Then I would really be in trouble. I don't know what uh, that that's is. Probably you don't know. Else I would have. I would have used it just then. You'd you'd have deployed it. Okay, yeah, I would fair have. enough. Yeah. Um, but but there is, you know, maybe we'll we'll round off with our highlights reel. Um, which is distinct from Catch of the Day because it's under a different heading. Um, but uh, so, what's what have you been what have you been doing, Jack? What's the <laughs> what lives in your highlight reel I, this time? I did, I made quite a big shift um, started this year in that my old blog and was called JavaScriptPlayground.com. That's where I, I'd had mm. it since 2012. Uh, blogged semi consistently, let's say. Uh, there were yeah, peaks yeah. and troughs. Um, but I decided to to ditch it and move it all back to my own personal named domain, so jackfranklin.co.uk. I think because really, at one point I was wondering if I sort of the JavaScript Playground could become this big sort of site with lots of tutorials, maybe videos, maybe like subscribe and get extra stuff, whatever. Uh, mm-hmm. It never really worked out, just didn't didn't wasn't a thing I ended up doing, didn't really want to. Mm-hmm. And so then I realized that people would be reading JavaScriptPlayer.com and really have no idea that it was me behind it writing. And it was very disjointed because I I do some rare YouTube videos and I'm Jack Franklin on YouTube. I'm Jack Franklin on Twitter. Uh, you email me, it's Jack at Jack Franklin. And then you go to my website and it's, uh, it's JavaScriptPlayer.com. So it, it just yeah. didn't all really align up. So I shifted everything onto to JackFranklin.co.uk. Um, mm, very good. Took a chance to to rebuild the website, so I moved off Jekyll onto oh. Eleventy, just which I know will make Ooh. you very happy. Um, mm. Which which was nice. I'm I'm a I'm a fan. It's it's been good so far. I should say I had nothing really against Jekyll. Uh, it was Jekyll's great. It was great. Yeah. It was really good tool. Yeah. Um, for me, it was just the only part of my tool chain on anything that was Ruby, and so the chance to yeah. move it onto to Node and just a bit easier for me to hack on it although i've done a bunch of ruby um was was nice uh and yeah, yeah. that was it i have to say I, I hate i hate shouting out and giving you compliments but but netlify and the redirects made this yeah. super easy because all, j- all, all my own work as well you, you understand you, i just built you. all of that yes good excellent yeah. i assume yeah. so um <laughs> you know i just love to redirect in the, the old domain just saying it's a 301 permanent is it 301 yes. permanent or is it 302 yeah 301 yeah, 301 um and just redirects everything over jackfranklin.co.uk for me. Um, I then enabled Netlify Analytics on my new domain because then that shows Ooh, me the you? most popular Ooh. 404s, which let me see if that I've is missed so anything. Useful, yeah. Uh, and I had yeah. missed a couple of URLs that were, were sort of more popular than I realised. I, I had this like old bl- sort of semi book thing I'd written, but only 
public on the website and mm. I was like no one visits that anymore turns out people do so I, I oh, set up a few more redirects for stuff like that uh, so so yeah it's, it's been a good it was a bit not emotional but it was a bit sad sort of shutting down this this blog that I'd worked on for eight years yeah. and I'd sort of invested yeah. in time and money in sort of paying someone to redesign it and I loved the redesign of it but it feels good to have it all on my own blog now and it's just sort of cut back and yeah it just it feels like a nicer place for it all it's, it is an emotional investment you make isn't it I mean I, I feel like that about not just about sites that I've worked on but just just domains yeah you know I mean I think a lot of people listening to this will probably have a a, a little secret bag of domain names that they've registered with good intent over the years yeah and uh, and every year it comes around with the auto renewal and it's like a little dig in the ribs to say you didn't do anything with this did you remember you got those big plans are you going to do it this year and you go yes I'm definitely doing it this year renew and you pay again and then it goes around again and it's yeah. just 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 um, relinquishing those is an emotional enough kind of little moment yeah. where you yeah you know you have to admit admit something to yourself but uh, to an, for an actual site that you've like branded and invested in and written a lot of content i mean the content lives on right it's just that it's under the different domain yes it's, it's not all, that you've sacrificed the content all the content's still there and if you were to go via the old url you would get redirected through to to the new one right so yeah, yeah. none of the content was lost that was a big sort of went sort of scoping out if i could do the move i had to be able to do it in a way where I, none of the content went but also none of the urls yeah. broke i didn't want to break yeah the urls yeah so. that's nice uh, so no, it is all done. It feels yeah, it's good. I will continue to renew jasketplayground.com domain name probably forever. Um, but yeah, it, it's just really sitting there now as a redirect through to jackfranklin.co.uk. Yeah, it's um, the uh, without wanting to get all salesy, um, the, that that uh, ability to do analytics so that you are seeing. Uh, so it's not just front end kind of client side analytics, but effectively server logs. Um, is so valuable just for the 404 part if not if nothing else just for seeing oh people are coming here for this and they don't find it that's really useful so it's kind of interesting to hear that you use that during a migration yeah um that's uh that's really cool and i and i i kind of echo your point about um jekyll as well i'm a big fan of jekyll i think it's wonderful um and i think one of the reasons i like 11t is because it's very jekyll-esque Yes. Um, a lot of my the, my mindset that I use when I was writing stuff in Jekyll is the same, but I don't have to manage Ruby anymore, which I was always good enough to be dangerous and absolutely no better. Uh, <laughs> and so uh, managing Ruby environments is something that I I happily not have to do. Um, so yeah, it's interesting that you've you've gone down that gone down that route. I thought you'd have done Svelte. I thought you might have done Svelte because yeah. you've been you've been enjoying that and playing with it a lot. I have. Um... I think I just wanted to get something up and going as quickly as possible and static site generator right. was really all I all I needed. But yeah, yeah one day fair. I will probably I say that, I mean probably won't will I, let's be honest. But one day I will uh I believe I in will you. do it. I will do it. It's time for me to build a static site generator in because yes, what we need is that's, another oh, one. We do. Yeah. Finally there's one with uh, with your initials. That's uh, yes. that's the distinguishing factor. Exactly. Yeah. Very good. Well, I don't. I don't know, Jack. I mean, let's let's be very honest with ourselves. There's not going to be a game today, is there? There's not going to be a game. Not no. because we haven't got one prepared. It's just that we're out of time. Yes, yes, right. we're crucially. Um, the thing is, we're very, very strict on keeping to time on this podcast. So we very strict. We wouldn't yeah. dare go over the the time we we planned. 
Um, maybe yeah. we should. Yeah. I think we lesser should podcasts would would um, would entertain that idea. A lesser yeah. podcast would, would just do a would, game. Would shoehorn in a well thought out, well designed game just because they'd done the effort. They wouldn't. They wouldn't give two hoots about uh, about the poor listeners' uh, time. Uh, they just just ramble on, but but not, not us. I don't know. Is it, am, I, am I playing this card too hard? No, this is good. I like it. I like it. Keep going. I don't sound too defensive. About no, the fact no, that we, no. We're not we, bitter at we, all. Okay. No. It's good. Right. We'll do a game next well, time. Next time there will be a game. Don't say that. Don't, oh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's going to force about us. The whole Fortnite thing. No, it won't. Come on. All it's going to do is make us apologetic when in three <laughs> weeks, rather than two, we come back and record another thing and we haven't got a game. And now, uh, now we've admitted this Mate, to the fine. world. I'm going to do a game next time. Okay. Well, in, in two, I look forward in two weeks to your well crafted. Well thought through, uh, on time, on budget game. Uh, <laughs> on budget, as if we've got budget. Um, on budget. On budget, yeah. It will be free. It will have cost nothing. Okay, excellent. Yeah. And uh, and as we all know, you get what you pay for. Yes. So, uh, so, so listener beware. Um, yeah. And so what? what's that I hear? Do, do I hear the distant sounds of the sea shanty playing us out? Is that what you hear as well? Y- yes. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why Screw not? it, why not? Why not, Phil? If, why not? if you're happy, if it keeps you happy, okay. then yeah. It keeps me happy, and also I'm just I'm delighted to know that uh, in a second we'll hear your voice wrapping up the podcast uh, and putting an end to this to this whiffle. And that is that. Thank you so much for listening to episode 11 of Fish and Scripts. As always, all the show notes will be on the website. You can tweet us at, at Fish and Scripts. Do let us know if you've got a solution to the GitHub uh, notifications Please. conundrum because Please. we we haven't got a clue. Uh, also, just any feedback, questions, topic suggestions, whatever you'd like, it's all uh, can be sent to us via at Fish and Scripts. All the previous episodes, everything you need, fishandscripts.com. We will see you back for episode 12 in the hopefully not too distant future. Two weeks, strictly two weeks. With a game. And a game. With a game. It will be there. (laughs) Good to see you, jackfranklin.com. It's.co.uk. Oh, damn it. (laughs) They'll find you. They'll find you with your newfound Google juice. Come on. (laughs) Okay, so until next time. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.